I, I mentioned when we started worship this morning, just the, the new CDC guidelines that came out and just what sort of has triggered for us in church and the church leadership about how are we going to handle worship and every other part of the aspect of the life of the church. And, you know, it, it just, we've got a lot more questions and answers right now. And so we just made the decision for this morning and for the foreseeable future for Sunday mornings that we tell you mask is optional and the, the social distancing is optional. And we recognize the science that tells us that if you're fully vaccinated, then, then we don't have to worry about uh, transmission by, you know, so we don't have to be distanced and wear masks. But, but we want you to worship and be present as you feel comfortable, whatever that looks like for you. And so we, we hope that we can create that kind of space and opportunity. Uh, and I, I've just been sitting ever since Thursday thinking about how that announcement has given me feelings. You know, it's given me feelings of both like freedom and fear. You know, like um, it's liberating and scary. Those just don't seem to go together. But, but then I guess they actually do. And particularly on a Sunday morning when we're uh, recognizing our graduates, right, who are graduating from high school, you think about putting those feelings of freedom and fear together. In fact, we've got four high school graduates that we're going to uh, pray over and celebrate in person at 11 o'clock. But uh, we've got their pictures and just a little bit of information about them. Can we put those up on the screen? Uh, the graduates and just let those just scroll those for a minute so that the folks in here can see them and and um, know their names and faces and and so these are the high school students that are graduating this year and and what a time to be graduating high school uh, they, they've dealt with and lived through a lot and Stacy lifted up that Jody's in the room with us and and we've appreciated and celebrated you and we're going to do it again in your cap and gown at 11 so that's going to be fun um but I think about that, the combination of feelings of freedom and fear and, and liberation and being scared and how appropriate that seems to be for a high school graduate, probably having some of those same feelings of um, both the, the freedom of sort of moving on to that next chapter in life and, um, and then the fear of all that that entails, the responsibility and the challenges. And, and so maybe it is fitting for this morning to be thinking in those terms. I mean, do you remember graduating high school? Or are you looking forward to it? <laughs> and what did that mean for you? What was that next chapter for you? Was it college? Was it starting a job? Was it enlisting in service in the military or or maybe shortly after you got married. I mean, do you remember that moment and, and all those feelings that you had? Well, I, I think the scripture that we're going to read in just a moment speaks well to this kind of moment. Uh, not only for the graduates. So in a sense, Jody, the rest of what I'm going to say is for you uh, and, and for your Peers at 11 o'clock, but I'm going to invite everybody else to eavesdrop and listen in because I think uh, the words of Jesus in this exchange that he has with his friends and family uh, hold a good message for graduates, but not only for graduates, I mean really for all of us in life. And so I'm going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 12. 
verses 46 through 50. And we're going to put it up on the screen, and I just invite you to follow along as I read this out loud. I know that this is a word from God for us today. It says, while Jesus was speaking to the crowds, his mother and brothers stood outside trying to speak with him. Someone said to him, look, your mother and brothers are outside wanting to speak with you. And Jesus replied, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, look, here at my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. And and I said, I think this passage holds a good word for our graduates and really for all of us because this truly is kind of, it's a scary moment in life when when you transition to that next phase and and for all of our graduates, you saw where they're planning to attend college. And, you know, so that means that probably in the next several months, they're going to be moving out of their homes uh, and, and moving on to a little bit more independence. And, and that's scary. It it's, can be intimidating. It can be exciting. And I mean, I, I think when we get to those moments where we have those feelings of both uh, freedom and fear, you know, some of us tend to lean more into the freedom part. <laughs> than the fear part. And, and some of us tend to lean, lean more into the fear part than the freedom part. And, and sometimes that's about people and sometimes it's just about the moment or the situation or the scenario. Which I think it's funny how we can all come to the same moment and yet have such very different feelings and perspectives about it. And there's a sense in which, as we read this story about Jesus, that he's in kind of a similar place. I mean, we understand to know his story that he, he had grown up, was taught, and then we pick up in his story in his adulthood. And the way Matthew tells it, Jesus began to go around and teach and preach and heal and perform miracles. In a sense, he'd sort of grown into himself and, and who he was created to be. And then we come up on this particular part of the story where he's talking with his friends. And his mother and brothers come up to interrupt him. Have you ever been talking with your friends? Wanting to hang out with your friends and your mom or dad or siblings interrupted you? Annoyed you? Bothered you? I used to lock my little sister out of my room. Literally, I'd go in my room and lock the door to get her to leave me alone. She said I was being mean to her. I don't, she was annoying me. And then she'd go get a coat hanger and straighten out the end of the coat hanger and stick it in a little hole in the doorknob. And my seven-year-old sister was a lockpick. You know what I mean? She, and she'd break in my room to bother me. We have a great relationship now. Um, but have you ever had those moments where your parents or your siblings just are interrupting you or bothering you or won't leave you alone? Here's a, here's a tip for all the kids in the room and even the graduates. As parents, 
and even as siblings, sometimes we do that on purpose. (laughs) Sometimes we do it for fun. (laughs) Ask my sons. But actually, in this scenario, Jesus' mother and brothers, they, they weren't doing it for fun or just to bother him or pick on him. What we know about the story is, at this point, the things that Jesus was saying and doing particularly his teachings and preachings and who he was spending time with and focusing on, it was ruffling the feathers of the religious establishment to such a degree that his family knew about it. And his mother and brothers likely came to him in that moment to interrupt him, to get his attention, and to take him away or make him stop. Because they either feared for his own safety or feared their own embarrassment that their son, their brother, was causing such a stir and such a problem. Now, if you've got a graduate in your life or, or a child in your life, could you imagine a scenario for yourself to where as they grow and learn and become their own person and develop their own way and identity, Can you imagine a scenario for yourself where you might be afraid for their well-being or for your reputation? Which is where I would want to say to our graduates in particular, find your faith. Find your own faith. And, And for all of us, just in the, in the path and the way of Jesus, just as he was doing here. Find your own faith. And, and don't let anybody or anyone stop you from that or discourage you from that. I would say you're fortunate that you've been a part of a church family that's given you something to build on and to grow from and develop. Grow your faith. In essence, what Jesus had done himself and what he was doing in this moment that caused so much stir and controversy. I dealt with that a little bit in my life um, when I decided to become a pastor, when I answered that call to become a pastor, particularly in the United Methodist Church. And the way I had to deal with that in my life was with my grandmother, uh, who's, you know, been dead some number of years, but she was probably the closest spiritual influence in my life, my dad's mom, Granny. And, um, and she was born and raised in the Southern Baptist Church. My dad was born and raised in the Southern Baptist Church. I was born and raised in the Southern Baptist Church. When my parents divorced and my dad remarried, he married a Methodist. And so that's how my dad got into the Methodist Church. He went to church with his wife, my stepmom. And uh, when I moved in with them, I went to church where they went, to the Methodist church. And so I was in high school when I got my first taste of United Methodism. And um, high school and college, I won't tell a lot of college stories, but I'll just say that the time I did spend in the church and uh, in the Sunday school class, like I heard and learned things about faith and about how to live and understand and practice faith that I had never heard before. And it resonated deeply with me. And that's why I am in the Methodist church today. And, and even answered a call to be a pastor in a Methodist church. But when I did and told my lifelong, you know, I don't know how many generations of Southern Baptist 
grandmother who I idealized and looked up to, when I told her that I was going to be a pastor in the Methodist church, I think she'd always held out that I'd come back home to the Baptist church. But when I told her that I was going to be a pastor in the Methodist church, I'm pretty sure the only way she made peace with that is that she saw me as a missionary to the Methodist church from the Baptist church. And, you know, I I wasn't going to argue with granny. That was, you know, just whatever worked for her soul. Um, But it was, you know, it was, it was a moment there where it was a little bit awkward. But that was how she was raised. I mean, you know, it was, you identified by which brand of Christian you were, you know, and, and there was just as much rift between denominations as there was between religions. And, uh, and that's just not how we live our lives today, how we live our faith. Uh, thank God that those walls are coming down and we're understanding that we're all siblings in Christ. And in the bigger sense, we're all children of God. And uh, so some of those differences that we hone in on or used to hone in on, uh, hopefully we're, we're letting those go in favor of something bigger, something that unites us. And, um, and so I've stayed in the Methodist church. But, but grow your faith. Find your faith. And, and when his siblings come and his mother come to, to interrupt him, to get his attention, and, and the people who are gathered with him say, look, there's your mom. There's your brothers. They, they want to talk to you. Jesus has a, I mean, a, a downright profound response. Frankly, troubling, if you think about it. There's his mother and his brothers at the door. And he says, who's my mom? Who are my brothers? I mean, if, if we spend a minute and, and let that land... That has some real foundational challenges in it to our worship of the modern nuclear family structure as the seat of faith, of life, of church. Jesus has some real revolutionary words there. When he looks and says, who's my mom? Who are my brothers? Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to call your mama when you go off to college. You still stay in touch with your family. But, but there's something deeper there where Jesus is expanding our view of family. Of his family. Of who is Jesus' family. It's not that he's putting his mom and his brothers aside and, and forget them. They don't matter or we don't have that kind of relationship. It's not that at all. It's taking that And applying that not only to them, but to the people who were gathered around him. To the people he had been spending his time with. To the people who were hearing about the love of God and responding to it and wanting to know more. 
And those people we know from the stories, again, those interactions that Jesus was having were the very ones that were so upsetting to the people who felt like they knew and understood religion and how it worked and how it operated and those who were in charge of it. Because Jesus was ruining all of their rules about who was holy, what is holy, who is worthy and deserving of God's time, attention, love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Who is deserving of a place at the table of a seat in God's kingdom? Jesus had already ruined that to such an extent. His, his nuclear family was like, whoa, whoa shh, hey, come, come on. We, we've got this thing. It's like the difference between, Jesus was shining a light on the difference between people who needed to know God and the people who felt like they already knew him. And just the way Jesus does, he lifted up those who needed to know God. And knew that they needed to know God. And he said, this is my family. These are my people. And, and the church at, it best, at its best is that. That's more than nuclear families. It's the family of God. Where we find our place. Where we find our people. Where we find healing and wholeness. I think about Susan Burdick, you know, a member of this church for a long time, who, who just passed away, and, and we buried her body last week. Susan and Joan, her partner of years and years and years, who didn't have any family, nuclear family. This, this was their family. This is how they knew God's love. This is how they knew they belonged was because of this community of faith, this family of faith. And so for our graduates, as you prepare for this next season of life, if it means moving away, you're going to be in a new environment with new people. It's going to be different in some ways. Maybe you're expecting and excited about and you're looking forward to and maybe some ways that are putting you a little bit in an unsettled place. I offer for you the words and the example of Jesus. He's got a great big family. You've got the blessing of having experienced a piece of it here. There's folks here that aren't part of your nuclear family but have been your family in faith. Loved you, supported you, showed you grace. And God's going to give you even that much more. And does the same thing for all of us. Gives all of us that much more of an opportunity to know just how big and wide God's love is. And that we can be a part of it and find our family. And in the way of Jesus, we find it in the people often who are on the margins who are being excluded, who are being looked down upon or mistreated, who are hurting. These are the people that Jesus wrapped his arms around and said, 
I got you. You're my family, and I love you. And that's for you and me. That's for our graduates. And look, you're going to go on and you're going to find that God's family is out there waiting for you. That there are people out there. Jesus said, who's my family? Who's my mother? Who's my sister? Who's my brother? Those who do the will of God. What is the will of God? To love God and love each other. What does it look like with flesh on? It looks like the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness kindness, self-control. You're going to find God's family and that loving invitation for Jesus out there. Let, Let God grow your family. And if we'll be open to that, we'll see that God's doing that every day all around us, even right here in Shambly. So that we all can see our family grow. And Jesus' great big wide welcome for everyone. So what we're going to do in just a moment is Dan's going to come and play one more song. And and, and the words will be up on the screen. You can sing along if you want. But as we do, I just want to ask you to let that be a spirit, an opportunity for a spirit of prayer, of reflection, of, of meditation, contemplation. Would you just give thought? For a moment, to, to how you've experienced God's family, God's great big family in your life. And then would you even be willing to think about in terms of what we just heard Jesus say in this experience? Where you might see that God's growing the family and giving you an opportunity to be a part of that. Will you pray with me? God, we're thankful that our lives, our journeys have these markers, these moments where we can know and see progress and growth and accomplishment. We move along the path, along the journey, and we're thankful for our graduates who are having that right now, this season in their lives. And and we're thankful that we all get to be a part of that and and celebrate and surround and encourage them as they do. And God, we're especially thankful that we see and hear in the example and in the words of Jesus In these moments of change or transition, of moving and growing, that we have the opportunity to see again with fresh eyes just how big your love is, just how wide your arms are that open up to your children, to our siblings in life and in faith. And God, we pray that for us, for the graduates, for your church. In Jesus' name, amen.